previously on Unbalanced Encounters. What used to be rolling green hill as far as the eye could see is now red rock and rubble crumbling into sand. Something is killing the plains of Agravar. Oh shit. There are more elder gods that need dealt with. One is currently desiccating all of Agravar and will soon be upon the western wields. And at this point, I think everyone has started to grapple with the fact that you are walking through a shifting sands desert. The northern deserts have crept all the way to Agravar. Oh, God. You feel the gentle hand of your mother. As you turn around, you see that the hand that your mother rests on your shoulder is the only one she has. I remember my mother having two arms. When you try to remember, you feel a little snap in the back of your head as a strand of bond breaks. That's not accurate. This is not accurate. You see Hank tower over this ancient woman. All due respect to the station, Trent. You find my fucking mother. Hello, one and all, and welcome to another episode of Unbounce Encounters, the only show that dares to ask, what if a Zelda game had an amnesia temple? I'm your host, Patrick Perini. Say hi, everybody. Hello. First off, spoilers. Yeah. the heck? Big spoilers. Huge spoilers. Is it? Is it? Tears of the Kingdom. Now I dated this episode. Wow, way to date us, dude. <laughs> now everybody's Evergreen gonna content know how old, out the old fucking window. Yep. Out the fucking window. Somebody's Cinder, I need you to understand that you've just halved our revenue capacity for this episode. Good. You've ruined us. We're Good. all poor now. <laughs> Damn it. I yeah. won't tell everybody your feelings about the game to make it even worse. Oh, cool, great. Can we can we build whatever we want now? Yeah, can I build like a hover bike? I mean, if you guys want to make hover bikes, like that's fucking. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if I don't know if you guys have really kind of fully gotten your heads around this yet. But this is a game that is played in the imagination. Nuh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> I live. Do here I have? Now. Can we find the thing where we touch it and then our hand changes color and now we can make Wham. things mushy to things? Yeah. I mean. Do, I feel like we've done versions of that, right? I feel yeah. like like Harissa gets like turn yeah, anything to firepower, and Guard has turn everything into cut apart versions of itself. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just go- makes things into smaller pieces. <laughs> <gasps> Jesus, I forgot that I wrote a note. I wrote a note to Mel. Oh yeah, asking about Aurelius. Okay, I'm remembering things now. Oh fuck! I don't think I rolled. You did not. Just for the sake of it, why don't you go ahead and roll uh, that for me now? Should just be a d4. It's a one. Okay. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> Mel, you are attending to bathhouse needs. 
I think that we find you in that little garden where Guard had the conversation with Ember, the Wolverine mother. Mm, yes. Uh, just sort of opening up your morning, so to speak. And uh, you hear a familiar kind of skittering from the mycelium-laden ground beneath your feet. You hear a... Hi! Mr. Lapignon! As the gopher unfolds. Oh, oh my. It, it's you again. What? I had not expected to see you so soon. Miss Snowthorn seems to really, really like sending me here. They're in Agravar right now, so it's been a bitch and a half to get down here. <laughs> it's good that I'm unaffected by death, though, because otherwise I wouldn't be able to get out of here. Unaffected by death? Well, you are a fascinating creature. We, we must spend more time together. I, I, I must pick your brain. I don't have one. Here's what the letter says. And you begin to, to read this letter. And now here's where I would ask you, Patrick, as the DM. Do I know anything about Aurelius? Let's go ahead and pull up Mel's character sheet. This is going to be a history check, please. Well, that'll be an 11. I'm not feeling particularly historical today. I think Melmanon's going to take some time to consider this. This isn't just an offhand question that some person out there has asked. June has asked this. And if this is a favor that he can do for her, then first of all, he's going to pour his heart and soul into it. Second of all, he knows that th this group of folks are, are particularly good at getting involved in bad situations. And if there is a deceased elder god that they are asking about, there is probably good reason for it. And it's probably potentially dangerous. So he wants to try and protect her as well. Anytime you get a spare moment, anytime you are free from your bathhouse duties, you are in your office, Ganbald's office, going through every record. And Ganbald is the learner. The information just isn't there. And it's not there in a way that is so much more intentional than an oversight. It's not there in a way that once you start to zero in on what this god should have been, where it should have existed, there are empty holes, blank pages missing tomes in chronological order and the piece of information that you cannot quite put together that we the audience get a glimpse of is that the dates that are missing where you think you should find aurelius trace back almost all the way to the knot at the base of the long thread that guard called attention to when first meeting gambald the thread of the empressar undying. But Mel doesn't see it. Mel doesn't connect the dates and the times, didn't log that interaction in a way that allows him to recall it quickly. And so what Mel finds is an absence, tangible, palpable absence. I think that in Mel's response back to June through the gopher, he's going to mention this. Mel is no stranger to subterfuge and hiding things from people and so the fact that it appears as if something is being hidden here he's 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 gonna mention that and we see mel jot all of this down and fold the gopher carefully as it slips away My friends, you all were standing in the antechamber to the war room of the Lord Governor Hakoda Agra II. 
You were being ushered in by a junior leader of the Agro Wardens, Alistair Wayne. And as the door sort of opens, you see Hank dressing down this woman who apparently is one of his advisors. She is four foot eight. She looks to be somewhere between one and 300 years old. She is wearing kind of this long blue knit robe and a matching kind of copper-colored knit cap that trails kind of down her back. And as she turns, you catch the glint of a sapphire stud in her nose. And she looks up at her Lord Governor, and the picture of perfect poise says, Well, absolutely, Lord Governor, that is my charge, that is my responsibility, but I believe that the rest of the attendants for this meeting have arrived. We may want to begin. And she reaches out and puts her hand on his sort of forearm. June, I'd like you to make me an insight check, please. You beat me to it. That's a 17. You see the faintest glimmer of a bond pulse along his forearm. The connection between the two of them plucked ever so slightly. And on a 17, you're not sure what that means. And Hank straightens himself, looks over all of you and says, glad to see you all made it one piece. Sorry about that little outburst. Uh, bit of bad news this morning. Please come in. We have much to discuss. Was there like an obvious change in his demeanor? It's the same change in demeanor that is sort of perceptible to all of you, which is like he went from this place of being very frustrated, very commanding, very authoritative to, no, you're right. We have business to attend to. I need to put matters of state ahead of my sort of emotional reaction in in this exact moment. He doesn't seem less angry. He just seems a little more controlled, which is visible. I want I want to sort of reinforce to everyone. June, the only difference is, is that you can see that there was something happening here in the bond between these two people. And Alistair kind of pushes the door a little wider open, and you all enter into a room that I would imagine is I keep wanting to reinforce how alien some of these spaces are. And then I remember that Isaac's probably been in every single one of these goddamn rooms. <laughs> uh, so Isaac, what you see is a room that you have probably been in, I would imagine, uh, you know, kind of dozens of times before. It is, it is a windowless chamber built of stone with intricate kind of carvings on the interior, lit by sconces and torches and devoid of any sort of personal decor. Uh, all of the sort of ornamentation is very authoritative. It's very, uh, you know, very militaristic in this space. The you know, sort of agri crest appears every 30 degrees in this circular room uh, along kind of the upper pillars of stone. And in the center, there's a very large table, a round table fitted with some 24 chairs. And in the middle of this round table is a massive carving of a map of Astilla. And on it are placed markers. You may all roll me investigation, insight, or history checks uh, to get some information about this room if you are so inclined. 11 on insight. Isaac, this is the war map. Yep. 
Looks the same. This is the structure that you used alongside the Lord Governor Hakoda Agra I to do everything from repel Tanin raids to eradicating Krakow resistance in the name of the Empressar. Now, was it the Lord Governor or was it our uh, commander that was usually leading it? I feel like the, the Lord Governor was a figurehead. I was not going to give you that specific bit of information on an 11, but because you outright asked the question, mm. the Lord Governor almost never set foot in this room. It was almost always Commander Nasir Antony. Harissa, on a 14, you glean much the same information, and immediately you notice three things that are really important. Two of them are fronts. You see a front to the east, and you see a front to the south, laid out in little wooden figurines on this map. To the east, there seems to be an ongoing struggle with the region of Kalavar. To the south, there seems to be a line established by Agravar, but no obvious opposing force. What is in the south? The capital city, Altair, the Empressar. Interesting. The third thing that you realize is that along one side of the table sits your father, to his left, Otto, and to his right, Daji, your older brothers. Sup, bruh? I gave him a little, like, little nod. They see you, and Daji kind of straightens up, gives you a look over a pair of reading spectacles that he has recently donned in his, you know, kind of middle age, and... Otto gives you a mischievous grin. The last time you saw, briefly preceded several slugs to your left arm. Yeah, sounds about right. Guard on a one. There's a lot happening. <laughs> you notice that there are probably about a half dozen people kind of seated around this table mm -hmm. currently. You notice that there are some little uh, wooden figures on a big picture of something. I don't even know the guard knows what maps are. Some of those wooden figures also sit off to the side. June. On a dirty 20, you follow that trail of bond out from your older brother, Hank, and see a faint web of interconnection, loosely bound and sort of pulling, slackening and then taut and then slackening and then taut between each of the members of this meeting. And as you're following this web, perceiving the tense emotions and interconnections, you focus down on the map. You see everything that Harissa saw. You also specifically notice um, almost a like a chalk outline of where the desert is. And you can see very quickly that it has been like erased and moved and erased and moved further and further south, like recently, right? Like there's chalk dust that would have represented a hundred miles that couldn't be more than a week old. Whoa. The last two things that you notice are that off to the side, in and amongst other figures that are not currently being used, there are two kind of hastily assembled new little wooden figurines. One has a tree carved into the chest, and the other, quite a bit taller than the others, bears a striking resemblance to guard. So, I literally have an agenda for this meeting. There's a published agenda at each chair that we are sort of welcome to follow, but I want to make sure that you guys are getting both the information that you need and also the time to like process it and react. Do you guys want the agenda up front or do you want to just get into that as we go? I'll have it up front. Yes. Bifurcated assassin attacks on the road to be reported by Hakoda Agra and Harris Alzarun. An update on the state of the desert crisis to be given by Quan Axtrummer. An update on the Eastern Front to be given by Daji Harrison. An update on the Southern Front to be given by Otto Harrison. 
and an update on the resin strategy to be given by Katerin and Riley Trent. Named by our illustrious patron, Icewind Gale. Thank you, Icewind Gale. Hey. Thank you. Thank you, bud. We love you. So much information. I fucking love this part of D&D. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone begins to take their seats. I think Isaac will lean over to the Lord Governor. and uh, Hey, um, there used to be this one guy who's commander of sorts. I don't know if he died during the initial revolt or anything. Uh, Anthony, does he sound familiar? Yeah, of course, uh, Commander Anthony, he was taken prisoner during the cleanup. Obviously, he was guilty of <laughs> treason a thousand times over, colluding with the Empressar, etc. Didn't unfortunately get to the situation where uh, he was, you know, kind of neutralized. As a matter of fact, I lost one of my better men to the endeavor. There was a prison break. He escaped. We really aren't sure where he is. So he wasn't with your ideas? Well, he was the regent for you know, sort of adolescence, and when I, he was not, not super happy about me kind of taking cover to power, so tried to have conversations with him, tried to tell him, look, like, this isn't your throne, but I'm willing to let you be a big voice in the, in the, in our independence movement, and yeah, he just wasn't having any of it. Something about the Empressar being the only safe path for mortals, etc., etc. You know the, you know the propaganda. Truly. Well, seems you got a good group around you. I'll be honest, I would have been a lot more comfortable having this meeting with Ma here. The only thing I really need to be focused on is the resin strategy. Can't believe she'd go missing. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> didn't didn't see that coming at all. Ooh. Who'd have, who'd have thunk? <coughs> yeah, June, you need some water. <coughs> Can I get a deception check from Isaac with advantage for the sarcasm, please? <laughs> sure. Uh, Seventeen. Totally out of character, right? I just can't. No, it's 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 been a while since I I've seen it, so she might have just left. You know, just leave. People do that. Isaac throws a pin at you. Go. <laughs> Wait, can I try to catch it? <laughs> yeah, go for it. <laughs> Deflect missiles. Jude, you catch the pen. I'll tuck it away. Thank you. I have to find a different strategy. I've been throwing things all week. Has been working. Guard, do you want to come sit with me? Sure. When we sit down, I want to kind of like tap him on the arm. Hey, look at that little figurine over there. It kind of looks like you. Guard's going to lean down and pick it up off the table. Weird. Very suspiciously, I will put it back on the table. And I'll keep sort of a side eye on it in case okay. it tries anything funny. <laughs> All right. Seems it seems good. We'll treat that as a ready to tack. <laughs> Dear Lord. Amazing. Amazing. This axe is going through this table at some point. Like, it's just gonna happen. Safra and Sphinx are going to head over to her family. She's going to sit on Ardo's side, and before he gets a chance, uh, she is gonna kind of do a pat pat. <clears throat> I've been waiting a long time to do that, you know? Yeah, what has it been? Twenty years? Yes, and you stopped growing at a certain height, and I kind of caught up, huh? Listen, we'll deal with this after the damn meeting. We have a lot of unfinished business, you and I. Outside, 12 o'clock. Be ready. Obviously, you've not been to one of these meetings, huh? And all I'm saying is that uh, the Lord Governor does have a tendency to like to talk. My recommendation is that you put one half of your brain toward paying attention to him and the other half toward... You know, whatever else you've got going on. Uh, well, it's not me I'm worried about. I think, uh... 
Spinx's attention span is uh, not as not as big as mine. Spinx? Hello. The doll? And Spinx kind of jumps up onto a chair. Ah, <clears throat> uh, let's see agenda. Um, and he's gonna he's gonna pull out Isaac's half moon glasses and put them on his nose. <laughs> what? what the fuck? Uh, I put them somewhere. I just don't know. <laughs> I can't. Uh, Maybe mama polished them. I thought these were supposed to help. These are black. Isaac, take these back. I don't. You can what? have. Give me them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Spinks, when did you even? Never mind. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. I'm still. I'm still fucking. Spinks, the doll. It's a Mr. Spinks. <laughs> Mr. Spinks. It's a very long story. I will tell you all of this afterwards. I'm going to elbow June. Those guys look like Harissa. You, they kind of do, don't they? I hope they're better than her dad. When you say that uh, you hope that they're better than her dad, uh, you just look over and you see like Otto going to poke Mr. Spinks, trying to figure out if he's made of like <laughs> cotton wool. <laughs> Mr. Spinks, arr, arr, trying to like bite the finger. <laughs> That's hot. Do you breathe fire? What the fuck is happening? No, he just has really bad breath. (laughs) June face palms. All right, everybody. Let's get this meeting started, huh? First order of business. We're going to be talking about the two-pronged strike on our caravan. One bandit attack we could leave down to dumb luck. Somebody caught wind of the fact that we're moving resin, decided they were going to pick some up for themselves, see if they could sell it to the Empressar, make a little bit of money. Hell, maybe they thought they'd be able to sell it back to us. They didn't know who we were. But that was almost certainly a diversion. Meant to split our numbers. One half go to the nearest town, pick up supplies and reinforcements. The other half, well, at half numbers. We sent Isaac Axtrummer, and at this point, Hank gestures to you, Isaac, and gathers the attention of the table in your direction and his people as well as Jethro who is obviously no longer with us to find said reinforcements there they encountered a coordinated assassin strike using the Independence Day puppet show as a cover while our caravan was simultaneously attacked by many of the same number we need to figure out who's responsible and as I believe it was Gard who so eloquently put find out who the leak is Isaac Safra, do either of you have anything to add from your vantage? Safra's going to stand up and take the piece of paper out of her poncho, and she's going to place it on the table. This seems like a list of potential targets. Most of us are named. As you sort of present this, you put it on the table, it does start to get passed around for everyone to read. And I think this is probably going to be, I think what Harris is kind of doing here is investigation, right? Like you're trying to dredge up information, further insight into this list while Isaac keeps an eye on the reactions. Um, so why don't you go ahead and give me investigation, Isaac, please uh, tell me what your insight was. Insight was 17 and he's just... okay gliding across his scanning the room with his glasses now acquired reacquired um. yes <laughs> you see uh, that harissa's family is a little surprised but not terribly scared you see that alistair wayne is not at all surprised but in that kind of inexperienced way is a little scared like this is probably you get the sense that this is probably the first time that there's been like a death threat against him specifically Quan is visibly fucking shaken. Oh, shit. Quan is a researcher. He's a 
book nerd. He's, uh, he's, his job is to like go to the outer reaches and talk to people about how their lives are going and like report oh. back. Mom's right, gonna kick my ass if he dies. Okay. This is—he's not supposed to be on this fucking list. Riley Trent takes the paper and, without stopping, hands it to the next person. And her eyes follow it the whole way. She knew. Her eyes follow it the whole way through. So you're not sure if she read it. Like she has this air about her of just like perpetual fluid movement everything she does is one continuous flow and so you're not sure if this is oh she didn't need to read it because she's attached to this list somehow or if she did read it as she was passing it on and she's just very used to not stopping ever that's what you get on the uh, 17 insight Marissa, what's that investigation check? <laughs> an eight. No, nobody, nobody really has much to add. On an eight, you get this, which I think unfortunately maybe muddles things more than it clarifies things. As it gets back around to the Lord Gov, he says, if there's one name on this list that I just can't place, it's Dale Snowthorn. Oh, um, uh, he used to work with me here in Agravar. He's the one who disappeared, right? Dale something or other? Yes. I mean, he's been gone 20 years. What's the point in having him on this active hit list? He was also someone who worked in Rally with myself, so the assassins probably assumed that he was still running things there. It would have to have been someone who has not been to Rally or heard from Rally in some time. I mean, that honestly, that doesn't narrow the pool down very much. You all kind of kept close to yourselves. The only one I could understand that would not have the information of Dale's past and it being two years would be the one individual that left before he died. Your mother, pointing to the Lord Governor. Katarin had knowledge of Raleigh and transferring of resin to the Empressor. No, she didn't. And why is that? Do you enroll me a perception check? 16. You see... A little flash of blue in his eyes as he twitches a little bit. Says, "No, she didn't." So he didn't know anything about Rally, because she was protecting Rally in it. Uh, uh, he, she did, Hank. He's not escalating these, right? Like again, it's just a little flash of blue. No, she didn't. Without your knowledge, of course, information gets around or goes around. She was a very intelligent and crafty woman. Now, listen, Isaac, I mean, you don't have to convince me that Ma was extremely well informed, that she was very intelligent. I mean, she's been one of my most important advisors for basically my entire life and, and certainly my entire reign. We had no knowledge of who was running Rally. That's not true. Parents lie to their children a lot. Uh, God, I don't think now is the time. I'm not backing down on it, but I'll shut the fuck up if Arissa tells me to. Quick look at Trent. Uh, while this is going on. Trent doesn't appear to be breathing. You look over and you see her eyes. 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock. Her body does not betray any movement of breath. It does not twitch. It does not shift. She is just watching. 
I want to do something here to break up what may otherwise be an extremely long conversation in one room, similar to how we did this in the lower dump episode of The Last Arc. I want to give you all an opportunity to just sort of receive this information. And then at each section of the meeting, we can have an opportunity for like an open question or a conversation. So we're going to start with the first, uh, the first kind of topic of conversation here, which is that Quan gives an update on the state of kind of the desert encroachment. And he sort of articulates that he has been to a bunch of the little farming, or at least what were farming communities in the reaches of Agravar. And he also mentions that he's managed to have a conversation uh, with a uh, with a with a carpenter from Beetleback who has arrived in town very recently. And he says that the desert has been encroaching at an impossibly rapid pace. Before the Lord Governor left, there was an expectation that this was simply desertification caused by over-farming, caused by some small tip in the climate, some natural force that is not avoidable. Before Hakoda left, the desert had not found its way to the doors of Agravar. Now you had to climb over dunes to get to the valley. There are places that have not been completely desiccated yet. Uh, there are some areas to the east that are still somewhat fertile. Obviously up by kind of Beetleback, it's transitional space. They still have a few trees that are clinging on, a few orchards that are holding on. But it looks bad. However, about a week ago, the encroachment stopped. Nobody feels good about that. Nobody feels good about hundreds of miles of fertile land becoming Shifting Sands Desert in a matter of weeks, stopping for now. But it is a moment to breathe. No one seems to know why this is happening. As a matter of fact, no one has any input into this at all. Safra will uh, stand up again. For risk of sounding crazy, we have it on good authority that this is the work of a deranged god. We have dealt with one already, and we have been told that this is a result of another. Your family all nods unquestioningly. Nice. Nice to see their support for once. This is great. Uh, I don't think you have to do a lot of convincing them that the gods play very active roles in the land. Hank, Alistair, those who have lived in Agravar for a very long time seem a little less convinced. It's not impossible. They're, they're not standing up and publicly calling you a madwoman, right? It, it's, it's simply a little bit of reservation. There, there's almost this attitude of like, say it is a god. The fuck do we do with that information, right? Like the gods aren't real in a way that we can interact with them. So like, what's the point? Riley Trent does not seem phased by this information. And you can't tell if it's because she's acclimating to it or simply knew it or simply doesn't believe it and is not phased by anything. I know this is uh, hard to believe for some, and honestly, a few months ago, it would have been hard for me. But uh, as I said, we have it on good authority from another god, in fact, that there are many gods who are upset and angry and acting out, and this is another one of them, and we need to figure out how to appease and calm or destroy this god before it destroys everything else. 
Well, I don't know too much about the uh, gods, whether or not they actually exist. But I do know that it flies right in the face of the Empressar's primary directive, which is that they have brought peace to the mortal realm by killing all of the living gods. Seems a little far-fetched to me, but if you're right, bring me proof and I'll use it to raise up an army. Fair enough, and uh, honestly, if this isn't proof that the Empressar is full of shit and needs to be taken down, I don't know what is. Uh, listen, I can't imagine that there's a single person in this room who disagrees with you. Anyone who wants to make an insight check. A whole five. <laughs> Everybody's on board? 21. Everybody's on board, but again, you're just not getting a lot of emotion out of Trent. God damn it, Trent. Dang it. Not one way or the other. Juno, 21 is very good. As Harissa sits down, you see her working those gears, right? You see her working like, you know what? I, I do need some proof, right? I do need to figure out where this thing is in order to like justify. Like you can kind of get that vibe off of her. And more importantly, reading that emotion as if it were written on her face, you see Riley Trent watching Harissa and scrutinizing very, very closely. She knows something about the word proof. There's a little twitch that happens when she kind of assesses that Harissa needs proof. Isaac is staring at his brother when Sapphire is talking. He's he's an open-minded guy, but this is buck wild talk, right? <laughs> like, he doesn't disbelieve it. It's just so out. Like, it it is genuinely as if in a very important meeting about climate change, a new person in the room stood up and said... The Weebles are responsible. You need to understand. It's because they won't guys, fall down. <laughs> focus, guys. If we don't appease to the Lorax, shit is going to get real. Yeah, now, I need right. y'all to focus. Right. I left the Lorax in rally. Damn it. No, the, stop breaking the fourth wall, God. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized I it's said my that true in Isaac's power. Yes. <laughs> Oh boy. We don't talk uh, about this, but Guard's real power is he's conscient. He's he knows he's in a game. <laughs> nice. No <laughs> one will believe him. Doesn't yeah. affect any of his actions even a little bit, but he's aware. Okay. Looking at the map, I think Isaac would also say, this evening dawn space. You gotten any information on them in that area? Has this desert hit them any specific way? I'm very glad you asked me that question. Evening's dawn. The tiny little town situated in the eastern mountains that we have visited in a flashback but once as Isaac removed the head of a defiant woman with violet eyes. Oh, shit. Oh, fuck, that's right. Oh, shit, son. Just another Tuesday for Isaac. He doesn't remember. Right. <laughs> Harris kind of sits up straight and says, it's curious that you ask about evening's dawn. We have not heard any reports of its frankly continued habitation after <sighs> Imperial Agra forces disbanded its leadership. but there have been rumors that the Krakow people that lived there have made for the hills. 
My wife has gone to see whether or not they might be brought into the fold. I have not heard from her in six months or more. Sounds like her. He shoots you a, a bit of a look, like, now, really? Like, now? <laughs> June like, puts up mm. her hand for a high five. Yes, mothers that leave <laughs> <Yes>. us. <laughs> that just disappears. Sapphira is like, slap, yes. There must be a retreat going on for mamas around here or something. <laughs> Quan, make sure mom doesn't get a letter from anybody talking about going on a vacation or anything. But no, in all seriousness, uh, Sapphira is probably like, that is a bit sus. She usually does send word, at least, anyway. I would have expected to have heard from her upon our return. There is nothing to do but wait. Or we go there? Well, actually, that brings us phenomenally into the next topic of conversation. The next person to speak is uh, Daji, who has been positioned as commander of Agravar forces on the Eastern Front. And he gives you all the following pieces of information. He tells you that Agravar is currently defending itself on the Eastern Front against the armed forces of Imperial Calavar. Calavar being kind of the large city to the very far east on the water. The front is being held uh, as Calavar forces are organized but somewhat predictable and not so substantial that they can't be overcome. But often what is turning the tide of battle is the occasional help that Daji and his people can pick up from a Krakow mercenary, uh, an individual who knows the mountains and can guide through passes and ravines and help establish choke points and strongholds. And so there are Krakow people that are there and that are helping, but nothing from Evening's Dawn specifically. That's a good point. Is Big Paul in this meeting? No. The last piece of information that you get is that uh, there is no real sign of opening for a counteroffensive, right? Like, there's not enough of an overwhelming edge on the side of Agravar to push through into Calavar and really break the line. It is so much more a survival game. They are living in the mountains. They are holding the line. They are doing their best to make sure that no one encroaches past the mountainous passes. And they're doing relatively well, but only insofar as supplies hold up, and there is no opportunity to push into an offensive. Well, we do have some elephants now, and I think that worked for someone a while ago. <laughs> well, I don't know if three elephants are going to change tides of the entire front. They might know where to find more elephants. <laughs> Uh, as Daji sort of finishes explaining the situation on the Eastern Front, Otto stands up and begins to explain the situation on the Southern Front. Which is, quite frankly, very different. There is no opposing line. Agravar forces are trying to hold ground against almost no one. And what keeps happening time and again is that a camp will get established and they will hold it for a week. And then in the middle of the night, a guerrilla force of one or 200 soldiers will be inside of the gates. 
and unprepared and undefended, the Agri forces will be decimated at their hands. Sometimes a retreat is possible. Otto mentions that at one point, his men specifically made it to Valenka before fleeing back to Agravar, but often it's not. And there are rumors and pieces of information that are floating around buildings and bodies burning. Otto practically has tears in his voice when he says he can maybe, maybe, maybe hold on for another six months. How close to Altair is this line? Hundreds of miles. So where are they? The capital city is in the far south. How large are these encampments that get destroyed? The um, largest one was probably the one that I was a part of. We had some 2,000 men. 2,000 were bested by 200? 2,000 men have to sleep. They have to eat. They get lax after a week of nothing. No visible approach. Do you think Engard is going to turn up to Harissa and kind of slowly eye Harissa and then June and then Isaac? Do you think they're using magic? You, Harissa, can do similar magic, no? I can. Uh, I do not know 200 other people who can also do this, but then I didn't know I could do it, so... Scrumpy from the back of the room kind of sits up. They'd, um, they'd have to have a pretty robust sap supply to make that happen. Is that unrealistic, Scrumpy? Depends entirely on whether or not we had the genuine last line of access to the trees. Or maybe the trees are not the only thing that make magic. Well, uh, <laughs> I mean, we, I guess we figured that out. None of you seem to need sap. I want to know where they're hiding 200 troops. June. I need you to roll me an insight check. <gasps> wait, wait, wait. This is going to be situational insight. No, 14. Uh, June, your initial impulse of, wait, hot cloaking 200 people feels at the very least extravagant, right? Like at the very least impractical. The world may be a lot of things fantastical in ways that you could never have possibly imagined among them, but it is rarely needlessly showy. If 200 people aren't being brought in under a cloak, how else could they be getting in? <gasps> what, what if it's like Lord of the Rings and they're like dead and they're summoning ghosts? The dead opposite of what I was saying. <laughs> what if it's three times as fantastical? <laughs> Safra, we're never going to go see the desert god if you keep saying shit like that. <laughs> the, a, a thing that's probably worth mentioning here is that the territorial holdings of Agravar haven't changed since they declared independence, and they're not particularly interested in having them change. To the east, it's a very traditional fight that is being held at the mountains by way of 
help from the Krakow people. To the south, something very different is happening. There is no coordinated imperial army that is being met on the battlefield with like bows and arrows and horses and elephants and what the fuck ever, right? What's happening is a post is being established, a fort is being built, a hill is being taken and defended, and it is left silent for weeks on end until all of a sudden, under the cover of darkness, a few hundred people show up and disrupt the defensive structures of a few thousand. And those, those, those fortresses are then burned, that hill is just gone, and the line moves up a little further. And the, the Empressar gains a little bit of ground. Somehow, hundreds of people at a time are springing up basically behind enemy lines, inside of fortresses, behind barricades, behind fortifications. Guards' immediate thought was that magic and cloaking were responsible, and that very well may be a very big factor. June, you had the immediate thought of magic. That, that feels impractical, right? It's probably not magic. So what else could it be? Oh, they're moles. Mole people. I don't know how else people would just spring up. Do they have underground? It's called undermining for a reason. Oh my goodness. <gasps> All right. My team is completely cut off from talking any longer. <laughs> <laughs> everyone, else, everyone pull a guard. <laughs> Unless... If it's a hundred people out of the thousands, I mean, how hard is it to get a few hundred impersonators within Agravar? And then after you feel comfortable enough to slit your brother's throat in the night. June has said it about nine times. That's what I thought you were talking about. And then you said, they're digging it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Talking around it all day. Um, <laughs> it's all right, Sam. I was with you in my head. I was like, yeah, sounds, yeah, tunnels. Mold people, mold that's what people. it is. <laughs> Literal. Uh, Isaac, as you say that, you hear from kind of the far end of the table. Well, that does seem plausible. Hello, listeners. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. We've got some exciting stuff coming up in the works. Did you know that on July 29th, we are doing a live-streamed Q&A with the cast of the show on our YouTube channel? Oh boy, that is going to be so much fun. Speaking of our YouTube channel, we're almost up to 1,000 followers. So if you're not following us on YouTube, help us get to 1,000 followers. Go give us a subscribe. We are Unbalanced Encounters on YouTube. YouTube. Speaking of things that aren't exactly YouTube, Blight at the Museum, Episode 2, our horror mini-arc is now up on the Patreon. If you would like to listen to me, Cinder, be the Dungeon Master of an 80s synthwave cosmic horror-inspired D&D game, check it out at patreon.com slash unbalancedencounters. Uh, Patreon now also offers free trials for new members, which gives you early access to whatever information we have coming out about new events we're doing, activities, that sort of thing. 
It is totally free. It's just another way for us to reach out to you and share the cool things that we are doing. And if you want to support us, Patreon is a great way to do that. We appreciate you. We love you. High five forever. Uh, let's get back to the show. We rejoin the meeting. Isaac has just floated the possibility of subterfuge and intrigue as a plausible means of recruiting and apparating several hundred soldiers. You've noticed that Riley Trent has sort of acknowledged that possibility as being meaningful, something worth consideration. And Hank kind of puts his hand to his temple. You're telling me that we can't hold our southern line. Not because we don't have access to sap. Not because we don't have access to manpower. But because we can't keep a hold of our fucking people. Remember that part where I said we could turn all this around to us going and dealing with a god up in the desert? The synapse forms and he makes the connection. All right. I see what you're saying. You prove that a god still exists, that a god could still cause havoc. You pull the rug out from the Empressar's propaganda machine. Not to mention, if we get this god on our side, all those lands that you seem to have lost come back underneath you, and your people are now the happy and go lucky wonders of the Lord Governor who was able to handle a god. Isaac, I would like you to please make me a persuasion check. Play to that ego, baby. Had advantage. Yes. You, know, you, know, you, you know, Hank's just like his daddy. So. <laughs> <laughs> This is actually a really important role, so I'm going to tell you some DC breakpoints here. On a 15, you are going to have the permissive support of Agravar to go into the deserts and find this god. On a 20, you are going to have the material support of Agravar in your journey. On a 25, you are going to be able to increase that somewhat. If there are people that you want to take, you're going to be able to take them. If there is information that you need, you are going to have unfettered access. If there are assets that you need, you're going to be allowed them as well. Go ahead and roll. <laughs> What'd you get? I got two tens for a 19. Can I assist in any way? He already has advantage. I already have advantage. Yeah. And Isaac, you make this statement. And it settles over the room, and everything goes quiet. And Hank straightens in his seat. You make a pretty compelling case, Uncle Isaac. I have very little faith in the idea that all we need to do is have a conversation, do a little bit of walking and talking or fighting with this elder god. And then all of a sudden, Agravar is going to spring back to life as if by magic. Now, maybe it'll happen that way. But I agree with you that if we could prove that there's still one Elder God left in the world, we can stop the bleeding, stop these turd coats from disrupting our southern forces. So, what do you say? Are you up for investigation? Figuring out where this thing is? Bringing back some proof? Stronger Agravar means a safer rally, so... I have no issues with that. So it's a new plan. 
we are going to forego our search for resin, our search for magical superiority, in the hopes that we can win the hearts and minds of the people that should already be loyal to us again. This is a pretty massive change in tactic. And I don't love making this decision, not being able to have the conversation about whether or not we should be going after the resin. So this brings me to my last topic of conversation. Trent, Grand Matron Trent. Where is Katarin? She sits up, whole head, 10, 11, 12, 1, 2. Well, it is singularly unordinary for a member of our fold to take on an initiative of her own authorization. Before she left, Katarine told me she had received word from you, your lordship, authorizing her to investigate the encroaching deserts. And Quan actually, I think, sits up and says, uh, when was she last seen around here? She was seen here. She closes her eyes. The last recorded instance of her presence in Agrivar was Thursday at 3.05 in the morning. She spoke to Alistair briefly, myself briefly, and then a guard at the northern gate. And all the while, you can kind of see that she's like shifting her head back and forth slightly. She going into like REM? Do we see like her eyes moving? That's cool. (laughs) She went north by northeast for 20 miles before I stopped being able to follow her. We have not seen or heard from her since. Well, um, I guess that, uh, that points us in a direction that makes the most sense. Trent, you give these people all the information they need. We might be changing our tact, and it might be in the direction that Ma wanted, but I want to hear her say that. You find her, you bring her back to me. Understood? Understood, your lordship. Mr. Axtrum, Ms. Harissa, Ms. Snowthorn, Mr. God, I am at your disposal. We'll find Katarin, as was the order. June, your letter of invitation from Hank uh, also includes sort of basic instructions, and I think that you pretty quickly find Alistair, and uh, he takes you straight to where you need to go. You are kind of delivered to a conservatory, and this, you know, kind of room is massive, right? Like big ceilings, lots of seating, lots of plants. There are some like water features that irrigate a lot of the, you know, kind of plant life in this space. Um, It is warm. Uh, You get kind of the impression that it was built for a climate that was maybe not quite this hot a year ago. But the plants seem to be thriving in this space, and that gives it a sense of life that you have not gotten a lot of in this palace. 
and uh, Hank has like uh, is 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 like chilling in one of the like kind of little uh, you know sort of um, uh, irrigation channels that this room has. Uh, he's just like up to his pecs in the water his like uh robe is kind of thrown over like a nearby plant uh and you can see that he's just kind of like trying to try to unwind uh after uh that meeting and he sees you over the door and he says oh june yeah come on in can i interest you in a cold drink uh cold towel cold anything honestly this heat's fucking killer i'll i'll take a I'll take a cold drink. Iced tea? Sure. Sure. That that sounds wonderful. You're not going to put anything in that, right? Other than ice and tea. Uh, our normal order has a little bit of lemon. I get that from Ma. I don't know. if Is that okay? Is that yeah, acceptable fine, to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just didn't want to make sure you weren't going to like poison it or anything. June, what the hell do I have to do to earn your trust? Gracious more. Alright, fair enough. Uh, he snaps his fingers, kind of waves to an attendant who's, like, standing, like, 20 feet away, who just kind of quietly slips out. Alright, June. What's on your mind? I was... This is gonna be somewhat of a weird ask. Um... Would you be able to tell me a little bit about Katerine. and but specifically like her physical uh, well self say she was probably a little taller than average she had a pretty fair complexion and i mean she was is an imposing figure I suppose, you know, distinguishing characteristics, there's always that she was missing an arm, you know, she lost back in training, she was missing an eye that she lost when she left Agravar. When she left Agravar? I thought you said that she'd been around. When did she leave? I'm told she left kind of right after all of the uproar with Dad getting killed and everything. Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah, I mean, I imagine she was probably looking for somewhere safe to be. She said she... Did a bit of a tour out in the reaches, meeting with folks, learning about the state of things, developing, you know, sort of the political ideology that she brought back. So you remember her missing an eye and missing an arm? Always that. Fuck. Is that a problem, June? I'm just now remembering those things. June, you gotta square something up for me. Guard made some assertions on our way back that I haven't necessarily been able to square yeah i feel like it's been floating around you quite a bit and like it just hasn't been talked about hasn't quite landed yeah um is katarin your mother uh yeah that's a nat 20 insight holy shit oh boy oh brother I know It's fucking weird You just see the occasional bubble Float to the top of the surface He has slipped under the water She got a little Friendlier with the folks out in the reaches Than I had expected 
You still don't... Do you know who my father is? Not a clue. You know what my last name is. I swear to God, I've been quietly rolling inside checks for him this entire time. Every time Snowthorn gets mentioned, and he has not rolled above a three. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, that makes a tremendous amount of sense. Huh. Guess that makes Ma a little bit more culpable for the death of Dad than I'd expected, huh? Listen, I'm not real sure about any any of that, because I feel like she's probably not been too honest with me for a while. I'm getting the sense that that's pretty normal for her. Yeah. Part of the training, I guess. No. that It's just being shitty to your kids. I mean, June, as much as we might want to be normal kids, I'm the Lord Governor of Agrivar. You're the daughter of one of the senior advisors to the Lord Governor of Agrivar and the murderer of the previous Lord Governor of Agrivar, at least conspirator to murder. It's not really much about us that comes in I as normal. I don't think that means that, you know. I, I want to know why. Why what? I want to find out why. Mama was there before Daddy died in Raleigh. Uh-huh. And then she left. When? It was five years ago. Well, there you have it, June. Five years ago, she came here. Right, so remember what Isaac was saying in the meeting? Hardly a word. Oh my god. We were talking about the intel that was being received for in Agravar when it came to like the list of names. We were like, oh man, it must have been somebody that was there while Dale was still alive. Uh-huh. And then came back and maybe didn't know that he died. A quick flash of blue. No, Ma didn't know anything about Rally. My mother, your mother, raised me in Rally. Right. She knew about Rally. She was there. And at this point, the sort of steward with the, the tea shows up and hands you each a glass, and he kind of takes a pull. I mean, be that as it may, she didn't know anything about Rally. Can you come here for a minute? He, like, leans over the side of this little... You got, you got a, a little... Some, pop! And I want to... <laughs> I want to not hit him as hard as possible, but uh -huh. I want to give him a good pop on the side of the head. I feel like this is uh, a surprise attack. <laughs> oh, yeah, you get advantage on this. <laughs> yes. Thank God, because that was a nine. Yeah, you absolutely get advantage on this. Fuck, that was another nine. No. <laughs> is it nine? Nine all in? He yeah. was ready for it. June, he shifts out of the way in a stance that is fairly familiar. All right, June. Guess I know where you learned to do that. You have 30 seconds to explain yourself before I call in a guard. No, -uh. no. You and I are figuring this shit out right now. Is there something in your head telling you that Mama was not with me in Rally and something in there saying that she didn't know anything when she did? And then there was something in my head 
that had me all discombobulated about what mom actually looked like. Run me a persuasion check with advantage. If knocking sense into you is the only other way, then I'll do it. That's a dirty 20. Ooh, yeah. You see his jaw set in stone, his tusks grinding. You make a good point, much as I hate to condone an attack on a sitting Lord Governor. Oh, please. Doubt you could have hit me anyway. That's a dangerous oh. game. That's a dangerous oh, really? game, friendo. He is throwing you the exact same look that fucking Otto was throwing Harissa earlier. I'll take you right now. Lord Gov or not. Think about it. Think about it. When you, I tell you that Mama Katerin knew about Rally. No. In Rally, I mean, she would have had to have been. Founded Rally. That fits. Weirdly. But she didn't know anything about Rally. Go through that again. Go through those mental steps again and try to piece together. I want to try to pop him again. That's a 14. All right, go ahead and roll damage. It's a five. Uh, he does take five points of damage. And I think more importantly, you see a wireframe. Each point of light combining to outline this son of Katarin. And you watch as he processes through Katarin is my mother. A synapse fires. June is my half-sister. Bond between the two of you. Fires. She founded Rally. She knew something about Rally. She wouldn't have lied. She couldn't have lied. This is true. She knew nothing about Rally. Is there any way to reconnect it or build a new connection? Beat the shit out of him. Let's go. <laughs> Keep punching him until. Bond, 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 bond. <laughs> All right. Did you get what you needed to get out of that, Juniper? I did, but I'm not happy about it. I'm. S- Listen, I'm sorry. Uh, all right. Do you, uh, do, can we get some ice for your head? I'm really sorry. Listen, about I, that. I get it. It's fine. It's a lot that we got to work through here, but the most important thing is that we find her and we get her back, right? She'll be able to clear up anything. No use in us speculating endlessly. You know, I'd love to believe that, but I, I don't know if that's actually going to happen. Um, so, yes, I do want to find her. Riley Trent, what's her position in the sisterhood? She's the local grand matron who's been responsible for the branch since before my time. She looked pretty ancient. But good. She looked good. Um, all right. Benny never told you about her? Maybe. I I mean, I rarely listen to Benny, um, to be honest. Trent is who sent Benny on assignment up that way. She was supposed to look after somebody or other. I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention. Really? Look after somebody? Uh, I guess that was probably supposed to be you, huh? 
Hmm. Yeah, you should maybe go see Trent. I'll go look for her then. Don't hit me again. Yep. Yeah. I'll be faster, my dude. Uh, fair cop. All right. Fine. Fine. Go on. Go find Trent. She'll probably be just down the hall. All right. Put some ice on that. Yeah. And with that, we are going to jump uh, to our next thing that we want to do. I want to open the scene where Ardo and I are like in a circle and there's like a circle of people around us like betting, like passing money. Isaac's betting. Isaac's passing money. (laughs) I don't know how this started, but I'm I'm enjoying the show. I've got Sphinx rubbing my shoulders. I'm like, you got this. It's good. Just remember, fast, keep moving. Bob, up and down. You got it. Stay on your toes, kid. Uh, You see Daji is like whispering in Otto's ear. He's like, remember that uh, she's got that that weak chin, you know, just go for the chin. Uh, I was like, listen, I'm, I've got this. It's fine. I'll be able to handle it. Don't worry about it. We, I think we're genuinely, I want to I wanna put us in a place. I think we're genuinely in like the training rounds, right? Like the like we're in like one of the old warden gyms. There's like a little packed earth kind of wrestling yeah. space. Uh, and people have started to, to kind of encircle you. We have wrestling rules. This was how we yes. opened season one. Oh yeah, shit. Uh, so it is. Yeah, all right. I'm ready to do these wrestling rules. All right, all right. Ten on, ten on Safra. Ten on Safra. Anybody else? Anybody else? <laughs> Which ten are on Safra? There's only a few brothers. Are there others hidden? God, God, just, just hold the money. <laughs> it's just like, I can just imagine there's like in chalk on God's back is all the odds. You yep. know, like. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> now that he's all fucking slate, that's, that's so very sweet. good. Yeah. Uh, Harissa, yeah. can I get an athletics check from you, please? You can. 18 and 18 beats a 12 uh what is it what does it look like when you put auto down uh in the first round uh he is down but he is not out how do you put him down okay i think safra when they kind of like walk up sort of getting close to each other sort of sizing each other up sort of like getting down to business as he goes to grab her uh safra is going to drop down and just sort of swipe out his legs with hers. Go ahead and give me a performance check. You need a DC 16 here. <laughs> it's a six. Okay. <laughs> Next round. Let's go. Flat roll. <laughs> you have to beat a DC 20 on this one. The crowd is enthusiastic, but not overwhelmed. A DC 20? Yep. 19. <laughs> uh, Otto kind of gets up and he looks like he's going in for a shoulder check. Then sucker punches you right on the jaw, grabs you and flips you over and puts you into the ground and need a con save from you. Uh, 19 as well. DC 11, so you are not unconscious, you're not out. Uh, yeah. But he, he puts you into the ground and he says, you've gotten a little bit faster than I remembered. I'm just getting warmed up. Uh-huh, well, one more round. Isaac, how are the bets going? We are gonna make some dough tonight. <laughs> you, you in? What? Who you been? Really? All right. Really? <laughs> I'm gonna shout out. Come on, Safra, and I uh, cast bless. <laughs> you do get bless. Uh, that's Thank for you. attack rolls and saving throws, so it's not for ability checks. You have to beat a 12 on your fucking athletics. No. <laughs> what did face. you get? That face. <laughs> Seven. <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, and 
what is it? What does it look like when Otto puts you into the ground? When I hear Isaac say, "Go on, Safra," she'll turn her head to him, and then <laughs> as, as she's distracted, I think Otto's just gonna basically rugby tackle her, like just in the gut, and just like take her down, like completely. Oh, oh, oh! Rub God. some sand in it. Harissa, you oh. are down for. Uh, Otto to win the best two out of three and he stands up and he says oh, after all these years I've still got it <laughs> Jesus <laughs> oh, yeah. all right. are you gonna help me up or not uh, you've gotten better uh, and he reaches down kind of grabs your hand pulls you to your feet I appreciate you not using the lizard yes uh, he has a, a nasty bite so you're welcome I know he got my finger in the damn meeting <laughs> Yeah, next time, it'll be me and you, buddy. I'll take you down. (laughs) (laughs) jumping up and down. I want a nat 20 on an athletics check to just scoop Spigs (laughs) up by the scruff. Hey, uh, oh, just, you know, like the the kind of cartoon where he's like holding him out and (laughs) Sphinx is like swinging, trying to get... (laughs) Why, yeah, you're the... Can't reach. Yeah, literally. Uh... Mr. Spinks, you're a curious creature. Uh, Next time we fight. Okay. And he drops Spinks to the ground. (laughs) Ow. It's good to see you, sis. It really is. So back after all this time, huh? I didn't have much choice. No? (sighs) Well, forces bigger than the both of us have uh, led me back here again. Although I am surprised to see you so close with um, Agravar, honestly. Well, under no management, as they say, isn't Mm. it? And so are you uh, missing being so attached to Mama's apron strings? You do realize it's been a bit since you've been gone, eh? I want to go find uh, Harry's. Okay. Uh, Actually, I think you find him at the fight. I think that's fun for me. Like at the end of the fight, it's like breaking up and he's been watching, but he also is giving his his daughter time to like talk to her brothers. Otto, let me just check the odds. Where the God, where'd you go? <laughs> <laughs> no payout. No payout. No payout. Sorry, out. <laughs> uh, guard, you you find uh, Harris is kind of standing by an entrance to the sort of north courtyard of the palace. Harris, I wanted to speak to you about something. And I wanted to show you something. Uh, of course. God. And he, like, fumbles over that for a second, right? Like, I think that, like, that having that consideration is, like, w- weird for him. He, You get the sense that he's still very much in this place where, like, he's trying to treat you like a person, but has a very hard time not defaulting to this idea that you are a deity And so he seems to be swinging kind of between those two extremes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have been thinking a lot about family. It is not something I have thought about often before, but it has come up several times recently. Understood. I am beginning to understand how important it is. Firstly, I believe I owe you an apology. You... Do not owe me anything of the kind, guard. I was aggressive with you in a way that feels 
uninformed. His brow furrows a little bit. Forgive me, but I do not know that I agree. You have your mission. Well, then perhaps I have a mission for you. Let me show you something. And I'm going to pull out a little box. Yeah. And I'm going to pull out Spinx's dress that I've been working on. He has no idea what to do with this information. Spinx is important. Yes? Undeniably, yes. From what you have said, it seems that aside from kinship, his existence is unusually important. My people have been disconnected from their their lizards, their spirits for generations. My parents presumably had the relationships with theirs, but uh, my wife and I have not. My sons have not. It is only Safra and Sphinx. And while I don't understand much, am I correct in assuming that Sphinx is part of Harissa? Yes, they are the same soul, so to speak. When we went to the underworld, Sphinx had a dress made. It was destroyed, but it was important to Sphinx. I have been trying to build a new dress for Sphinx. I was wondering if you wanted to help me finish it, and if you wanted to give it to Sphinx. <laughs> I do not understand what is funny. Forgive me, when Safra was a girl, she would steal the dresses off of her other dolls to put on to Sphinx. She had, Sphinx was a doll first in her life. A little stuffed toy that rather resembled Sphinx as he is now. She would always take the dresses off the other dolls and put them on to Sphinx. Said that Sphinx liked wearing dresses and apparently she was right. I have seen you struggle to reconnect with your daughter. Perhaps if you try connecting with Sphinx, it will help. I was laughing because you have made a very astute observation and what I think is a very poignant recommendation. I've never been able to say the words that Safra needs to hear, but, well, let's just say she never did ask where all the new dresses came from. Oh, that's so cute. I would be honored to undertake this endeavor with you, Gart. And in an odd and deeply unforeseen sort of way, it would be nice to pick up the needle again. Be careful with it. And I'm gonna hand him the dress.
we are going to jump uh, to the next thing. Isaac checking in with Qua, making sure he's doing what he needs to do and keeping himself and his family safe. Now, listen, I've had people trying to kill me for years. You know, it just happens when you when you work with Agravar. You know, you just got to keep your head on the swivel, you know, check your corners. Make sure nobody stabs you in the middle of the night. That happens a lot. Stab me in the middle of the... Oh, for the love of God, Isaac. This is... Mm, I, I, I am a bookkeeper. I, mean, I am in... I got into government work because Dad had promised me it would be good for the pension and that it would be an, it would be a safe fucking job. This is ridiculous. I worked for the government, you idiot. Why government got to be two things? Value and the shit end of the stick. Anyways, so you were just looking up desert stuff and so happened to be on an assassination list? Just going around asking people about their lives. And did any of them give you information that seemed a little more interesting than others? Go ahead and roll me an investigation check, actually. Oh, God. Oh, gross. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Investigation. Negative one. Let's go. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. It's a nat one for a zero. Whoa. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> I think genuinely on a zero, Quan just like shakes his head and sits down and kind of sinks his head into his hands. And, and after a moment or two, you realize that he is crying. Quan, listen. I got kids, man. I don't know how to do nothing else. I'm sure the Lord Gov isn't gonna just let one of his best paper pushers get assassinated. You just, you know, you stay in the city more, stay in spaces in which there's guards. I ain't going anywhere for some time. Until it's cleared up, at least. Yeah, maybe you move in with, with mom and pop. You That's know, not no, a bad idea. Nobody's going to try to assassinate you if, if mama's there. You know? Nah, she's got those massive axes. It's not a bad idea. Yeah, maybe I'll talk to talk to G about that. We'll get something sorted. And Isaac, thank you for finding that piece of paper. I don't know what I would have done if that would have crept up on me. Mama would have kicked my ass if I let you get killed. True enough. Hey. I'm the knucklehead that does stupid things and gets himself in trouble, okay? You're supposed to be the responsible older brother. I got no notion to dethrone you. Yeah, real recognized real. I appreciate that. Okay, now now for the evil Yoda lady that's definitely evil. Yeah. Uh, who's going to meet with Riley Trent? All of us. I feel like this is. I feel like this is all. This is an everybody conversation. Yeah. All right. We're all linked. All four of us, arm in arm. Amazing. Fucking levels up in this bitch. You all are ushered into a room, June. It's actually a room that's not terribly far from kind of Hank's conservatory where he was relaxing, and there is kind of an antechamber, and the the steward kind of gestures for all four of you to step in uh this room is maybe maybe four foot by four foot good luck june and i push june in (laughs) june you feel as you and then a moment later the floor comes back up and 
clocks back into place. Well, she's dead now. I guess we what move on with our lives. <laughs> Take out my axe. <laughs> Start attacking the room. <laughs> yeah, let's all just go in. I guess magic floor. You all step in and feel the floor give out from beneath you and fall into inky blackness. June, you are the first to arrive underground. You look out into a space that is lined with books, all kind of bound in thick hide with intricate sapphire illuminations and lettering. The entire space is lit from skylights that come down from the conservatory and the courtyards. And so the space has kind of this like almost greenish hue as the light is kind of coming off of a lot of plants from above. And the ground under your feet are very meticulously placed river stones in perfect hexagonal patterns. And unlike anywhere you've been in the palace so far, this space is cool and it is crisp and it is quiet until your four party members crash down behind you as the elevator slams them into the ground and they kind of tumble out at your feet. Oh. Oh. Where are we? What's happening? I don't know, but I love this place. She'll take a big... Uh, it smells like books in nature. <coughs> oh, God. Uh, Isaac, <laughs> in your head, you hear... <clears throat> Nobody else heard this. Shush me. Is that you, Mr. Spinks? I don't know. Maybe it was your own conscience finally shushing you. In Spinks's head, he hears... Shh. Please. I think you just shushed me too. What, what is this place? It's one of those book rental places. Book <laughs> rental. Uh, yeah, go ahead and roll me. Anybody can roll me any any of the perceiving arts that they would like. Any intelligence yeah, checks. I got or... on that one. It's fine. Uh, I would like to make a perception check. Go for it. I'm looking for I'm looking for for interesting knickknacks and baubles. I rolled a six. You do actually see something on a six. Uh, there was something, I was going to give you something on, I swear to God, a DC five. In the far uh, corner of this particular aisle that you are situated on, uh, you see a suit of armor that looks exactly like you did before your trip to the afterlife. That's okay. I mean, I'm going to go touch it like a child l- running towards an ice cream truck. We will deal with that momentarily. I'm going to roll intimidation to the shush in my head. All right, go ahead and roll that. <laughs> I rolled a disadvantage because Isaac doesn't know how the hell to do this, and I still got a 20. On a 20. What, is, what does this sound like in Isaac's head? As hard as he possibly can, mm-hmm. thinking back to his times of his father trying to teach him to meditate, and he just thinks in his, on his third eye, he goes, no, 
You shush. <laughs> Isaac, you get no response. Yeah, that's right. I am looking for Trent. June, what'd you roll? A dirty 20. Yeah, you step in and see Grand Matron Trent's kind of long copper hood trailing down her back as she stands uh, at a shelf, reshelving several books. Uh, hello? Um, uh, Grand Matron? Juniper. I'm glad you could make it. She turns 180 degrees in place and begins to walk to you in a way that does not betray even the slightest jostle. Are you floating right now? Not exactly. I'm simply walking. You get used to moving quietly in this line of work, Juniper. Uh, you mean with the sisterhood? Hmm. The very same. I assume that for bringing your friends down here, they are meant to be trusted. Well, of course. We were, we were all in the same same meeting. and hmm. The Lord Governor trusts easily. I don't know if he will anymore, because I kind of knocked him upside the head a little bit. Um, I suppose you are here about your mother. Oh, yeah, that's that's one thing. Uh, we also we I think I think we've all got some some questions. Uh, well, as I said to the Lord Governor, I am at your disposal. We're going to cut really quickly over to Guard. Uh, Guard, you run up to this uh, suit of armor on display, and there's a little plaque at the bottom, and that little plaque reads, Ancient Imperial Armor. Hmm. I'm just going to, like, with my good hand, just touch, like, the helmet of it and kind of just, like, run my hand along the filigree. What does it feel like? Like, what's it made out of? Ceramic. Why does old Imperial Armor look like me uh june you see trent's eyes kind of flick off to the left slightly and at the exact same time guard you hear in your head all ancient imperial armor was modeled after a similar structure thousands of pieces have been unearthed from archaeological excavation with little variation between the designs modern agravarian armor has been based on this model with some material and circumstantial improvements. And guard, this is all happening in your head. What was the old empire's relationship to guardians? Guardians are a protected deity of the world. They appear when and as needed in order to satisfy their own internally driven constraints. The ancient empire lived alongside guardians as was necessary. To my knowledge, they did not have any special kind of relationship to guardians outside of religious reverence. Why do I not see other guardians as we travel the world? One might ask very well why one does not see the stars in the day. Does the empire, the current empire, have a relationship to guardians? I would imagine that that relationship is rather like their relationship to all of the gods. One of conquest. How old are you? I am 94 years old, 6 months, 3 days, and 21 hours. 
Why are you so different than other people? We all have a path to walk. Some follow it further than others. I think I will also use that as a wedge for Isaac or Harissa. If you have any questions, either while this other conversation is happening or after, we can answer those as well. Harissa would probably want to... <laughs> sorry, Safra would probably want to know if she knows any more about the displacement of her people, what happened with that, like who made those decisions? Was it anything to do with the sisterhood, et cetera, et cetera, grill, grill? I think that you're kind of left alone with Isaac for a moment. These books suck. And I, I think that you <laughs> are letting your eyes sort of wander over the titles. And I think that it's actually Sphinx that kind of at the floor level sees a section labeled uh, Interactions with the Tanin. Huh. And they are grouped by decade, these volumes. Uh, Salvation, Savage, oh, Tanin. Hey, Safra, Safra, there's a whole thing here about Tanin. What the? Oh, huh. I think Safra is going to look for that particular year first. You pull out a tome. It's organized by year. You turn to the page. The Tinin had been living in the northern deserts for two generations. And in the early days of those desert years, Agravar had been uninterested in that territory and unconcerned with the strength of some displaced nomadic people. But around the time that your mother came to power, in a community where coming to power was only just starting to mean something again, you see that the Tinin had been able to settle and within the ruins of the old empire had started to build a lasting community. And as the Empressar's reach expanded, you see that their mandate for the Lord Governor Hakoda Agra I grew to not simply eliminate the very major and prevalent gods like Pandar the Green, but also the small ones. First the Sentinels, and then the Tinny. And what follows is a decade of chasing this hidden people around the desert. And this book credits one individual with what is largely considered to be the final breakthrough from the perspective of the previous Lord Governor, Commander Nasir Antony. We are going to jump back to June. I'm sorry, I have so many questions in my head and I don't know which one to ask first. Perhaps you'd like to start with why your mother has left this city. You know about me? Juniper Snowthorn, I have known about you from the day you were born. Um, look back at Isaac. Isaac Axtrummer? Yes? You have a new connection to the world. Never would have taken you as the gardener type. It's always a stereotype to think that, uh, my people have green thumbs. <laughs> why did... My mama, why did she leave? Agravar O'Reilly. Agravar. 
She had been part of the conspiracy to kill the Lord Governor. But then she came back. She did? So why does the Lord Governor not seem to make those connections? She reaches up and puts this, like, incredibly small, canary-frail hand on your back and turns you away from everyone else and begins to walk down an aisle of books and says, Walk with me, Juniper, so that we may speak as sisters. Oh, they, they can't, they can't know? She's just perplexed because she doesn't remember being trained to keep secrets. She doesn't acknowledge that. I don't wish to be far from my friends. No, we won't go far. Just out of immediate earshot. Let them peruse. If they have questions, I will answer them. And to answer yours, when your mother arrived here, she was unsupervised for a time. And in that time, she severed certain ties that the young Lord Governor had to the world so that she might protect you and your father and Isaac. But those ties were not severed. They're gone. That is what happens when a tie is severed. The bonds that hold us together exist only in and of themselves. They are a reflection of the shared existence between two things or ideas. If one is severed, it cannot be rejoined. That connection simply ceases to exist. Those two Things or ideas no longer share in existence. Well, if that's the way that works, why would Mama have me forget her physical self? Your mother has not had you forget. Something else has done that. Something else has done that to all of us. I don't know what, all I can see is the whole. Your mother did go north. Your mother did go north after telling me that she had gotten the intent of the Lord Governor to order her to go north. But as we learned in our meeting today, the Lord Governor was not aware of why she went north. But something is eating the world from the inside out. I believe that the God of which you all speak is the same gluttonous hole in the bond.
thank you so much for taking the time to join us on our little adventure so far. We've got a new patron, Bradley Mitchell. We've got a new rally defender, Katie Kirby. Thank you for joining the party. Welcome. Oh, the wonder we will have together. As always, big shout-outs to all our Rally Defenders, The Eldest Barry, GamerTube HD, Darlene Wallace, Darksteel Panda. It is support that you give that makes the ongoing process of this show possible. So from the bottom of my cold ceramic heart, let me just say thank you. See you guys in the next one.